And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I'm your host, uh, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. <laughs> Hello. My sound's a little weird still in my ears, I guess. All right. But it's good enough. Anyway, this week, uh, going into Christmas, we got a big week, and if you actually looked at the show right. to see what we were reviewing... We're not actually going to cover all those things. So <laughs> that's wishful thinking. Exactly. Uh there you know, there's so much that we're trying to fit in in, yeah. in so many different ways. And so there still are like things you haven't been able to get that were uh, yeah. kind of on the list. And plus, I mean, uh, we're just, just everything. Right. Uh, and we've got uh, enough to cover a show anyway. So much, but no, we have too much to bunch, cover a right. show yeah. already. Um, I do want to say, I'm, I'm just going to start off with uh, uh, Into the Woods and the Imitation Game, uh, which the Imitation Game opened already, I'm pretty sure, yeah. uh, like a week ago, uh, limited at least, and I don't know exactly what the expansion plans are for that one. Right. And uh, you did not get that one then. Into the Woods is like the Christmas Day Fun shebang or the whatever. family one. Right? Yep. And uh, yeah, it's the musical and it's uh, Disney massiveness. Yeah. But, so we're not going to do those, even though they are listed on the things. But you didn't see them, so right. we're not going to do those. I'm just going to say they're both awesome. I, I'm going to see them hopefully this weekend, which is just today. Yeah, into the. <laughs> so right. I mean, later, that's my plan. Later today. I actually assume it, into the later woods today. is. Um, you know, I probably would not rate it as high as a lot of people are going to rate it, but still, it was really still really good. good. It, it's it's a lot of fun. The imitation game is. Really awesome, and yeah. uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was just insanely good. At yeah, it. and uh, I will say though that I think Kira Knightley's getting a little uh, too much attention for it. Yeah, I mean, she was okay, but she yeah. wasn't. You know, I don't know. She wasn't fantastic. I didn't think. And uh, a lot of people are talking about her. She's getting nominated for like supporting actress, and I'm just like, yeah, right, you know, right. It's just uh, it's just because it's it's one of those you know good movie things. Yeah. If it's a good movie, then all of the parts must be awesome too, or something. Right. It's uh, it's the coolest movie though. Um, it's bizarre, and it's a movie that you probably would never think would be interesting. I mean, it's right. You know, Alan Turing. Uh, the nut job, basically. <laughs> that's I mean, the way, that's the way to remember him. Not the code hacker, not the really, father of AI really investigation, but just kind he of is a, a bit of a wacko guy. Yeah. Uh, but in a, in such a way that you can at least make a movie about him. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not like a wacko. He's just like a anti-social genius. Yeah. You know, kind of guy. And and 
he falls into like the worst case scenario for him, which is uh, he has he wants to do this, and uh, but basically break the like Enigma box thing, and right. and what he ends up doing is uh, pretty much invents computers, right? And uh, but but what's interesting is that he's got to work for the government, so he's got to have. And he's got to work for like the military, and he's got to have people in charge of him. And, yeah, and, and and that's just not good. Right. <laughs> but, right. But anyway, um, it's a really good movie, and all the people in it are really good, and uh, not all of them. It's not like a big thing where everyone is a huge name. Right. And uh, you know everyone in it. Um, if you're actually in the UK, you probably know almost everyone in it because. Everyone in because it you've probably seen them, they're right? like the Harry Potter films. If you were in exactly, them, you had right. to get cast in them at some point. <laughs> right. All right. Anyway, so we're not going to do those, but they are they are really really fantastic. Maybe next week. Fantastic yeah. ones. Yeah. And uh, uh, coming up, we keep getting emails um, about what the best movies of the year are, and <laughs> we're getting closer to doing our and list. I, and I keep having to reply to more and more people that we will do the show where we tell you what right. the best and the worst are. <laughs> right. And I'm not just going to send you the list because you email me. Then what that would be awesome. That, show, that's, right? Yeah, that's letting the genie out of the bottle. That you'll get emails for everything. Then. Uh, but I did, we did get a couple that were, you know, apart from just uh, asking what our picks are, yeah. um, we, we got a couple of emails over the past couple of weeks. Um, that were more specific than just tell me the list uh, was because I we I don't know if it's just me or both of us kind of but we keep kind of bagging on this year as a whole right <laughs> yeah. and saying how we're not excited about the year and so when we do our best movies are we going to go well fine these are the best right. movies whatever right. Right. <laughs> they all suck but here are the best ones yeah. Um, so maybe we're going a little too harsh on well, the bag on the you know, year. I, in I don't general. know if you have you you've bagged a bit on the year, but not without cause. We both have said that the summer was very strange, and that the one thing I I took a little flack for it too. We were we said last year it was very easy to see a lot of big films on the horizon for the Oscar push, right. and this year there weren't tons. Like there were a couple that looked interesting, but nothing really like last year was. Right. That doesn't mean that we're not going to see the same quality of films. It just means that on the radar, they weren't really popping out. Looking back over the films, because it's getting closer to the end of the year and I'm making lists anyway, I'm seeing a lot of really great films that we saw, that I saw, you know, and that we saw together. And I remember you rating pretty high, too. So it'll be interesting to see. It might just be this kind of like ghost year where it wasn't that bad, but it didn't seem that great when we were in it. Right. So And, uh, and going into the end of the year... Just does not is always the same, right. It right. doesn't. I mean, this time last year, we were still, we were still calling about you know Anna Karenina and Django and all these things like Twelve Years a Slave, just one after another after right. another, and it just doesn't have that feeling. Right. So the more specific uh, question that a couple people asked us is, especially now that uh, the Critics' Choice Movie Awards nominations have come out and the Golden Globes nominations have come out. And uh, I am a member of the BFCA, so the Critics' Choice are, are my thing, and they're very similar. Yeah. So, so now a couple of people have have asked the question: When we get to your top ten list, is it just going to be the same damn ten movies that yeah. everybody else throws out? No. Because theoretically, 
uh, that's why we're cool right. is that ours <laughs> right. are different. Right. right. We're edgy. We, uh, yeah, we don't have necessarily all the same yeah. top 10 as ever, you know, Google top 10 right. movies of whatever. And you get the same list from everybody. Right. And, you know, I have to say kind of like yes and no. Right. Um, I do too. We'll, I, we'll have I, some. I, I think probably if, if I had to just kind of guess and I don't have my list right. yet um, because I refuse to do it yet. But I'm going to say probably, you know, like maybe six out of the ten will probably be the same movies that are on a right. whole lot of people's lists. Right. And then the other four will probably be – Pick them like you like them. And, right. Yeah. Completely right. different. I know one movie that's going to – that is almost guaranteed to get on my top ten list. not yeah. going to be on anybody else's top ten list. Yeah. So there's well, this that. Well, this right? was last year too. I remember uh, about time. And you had a caveat for it. But About Time was like high on your list. It was number one, you know, and there's a reason for it. But it's still nobody had that on their list. Right. Not even the guys that made the film, you know. Now, there were some people who had that actually like way at the bottom of their list. Yeah, I noticed noticed About Time showing up on the just missed lists or the you should still pay attention to this notable kind of thing. But plus we we always have. Maybe not you as much as me, but we always have our extra five or ten. Oh movies. yeah, we always so do. There's yeah. a, there's well, there were there were lists, you know, just a couple of years ago when I had Wreck It Ralph is basically like right at the top of my list, and there was no right. people said, well, that was a really fun film, and I was a little biased by it, but I still thought as a story, it was as effective as anything I had seen all year. It just happened to be animated, right? And I'm not going to discount that, you know, and that didn't make anybody's list, so. I would say six out of ten is probably good. This is a this is a different year for animated movies too. Yeah. Speaking of that, because there's a bunch of animated movies um, that are big things. Yeah. There's uh, Big Hero Six and Dragons and uh, The Book of Life and right. I mean there's a lot of like big things that people liked, but you know there's not really an animated movie this year that like blew me right. away. Right. That that I'm like clearly that's the winner. Yeah. You know, I mean right. they're they're all they're all good. Yeah. But, but they're all kind of close to each other in their goodness, I guess. Yeah. You know, none of them were like I didn't see any of them this year and you know, like when we saw Wreck It Ralph, since you mentioned that Mike, yeah. I mean we walked out of that and went, Okay. Right. That was that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it it was uh that that movie was so good. But anyway, um so now we did also get some questions uh, before we jump into these movies because people asked us uh, about the interview. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was because asked, who's not going to, I guess, I, I mean, right. I, I don't know why you would ask us exactly for us. I don't know why you'd ask us anything really. When, <laughs> well, people want to hear, people want to hear our opinion and yeah. Um, you know, but the only thing that people asked us, and I guess, I don't know if this kind of started rolling in after, you know, uh, the president chimed in on it and, yeah. and said whatever he said. Um, and now, like, the latest thing that I just heard really recently is that Sony has kind of, like, backtracked on that, and now they're going to distribute it yeah. at some point. Right. And it was, uh, you know, I'll, it was supposed to come out on Christmas, and I kind of give them that, Yeah, uh, frankly. Right. I mean, you don't want to tempt fate on like some Christmas thing is right. going to happen. Right. But, you know, I kind of can't blame Sony, uh, I don't think, because, I mean, if I was Sony, I mean, the president said, uh, you know, Sony should not have pulled the movie. Mm-hmm. But you'll notice that he didn't like uh, 
declare that he was going to indemnify them from all responsibility for everything that ever happens in a theater that it's in. And, I mean, you know they're going to get sued. Mm -hmm. And are they going to win those lawsuits? Who knows? But they're still going to get sued if something happens. And, you know, they're just, I mean, they're just Sony. They're not like, right. and not only that, but it, it's also hard to blame them after all the movie theater chains have already said, no, right. we're not no, going to have it. Yeah. So what are they going to do with it? Like, What a weird there position. There other places that yeah. I mean, think show of, it. Think of being an executive where you've got something that has so much, you know, buzz around it, so much publicity, and you can't buy it. You right. really, like, right. this is amazing that it's, that it's and I hate the words like it's trending, it's a viral thing. Like it's just it is the thing that people think about and talk about in terms of this avenue of discussion. Like it's not dominating CNN anymore, but right. it, it, this is a big thing, and you can't you can't do anything with it right. because there's a responsibility that you have based on threats that are out there, and you know part of that is frustrating as it is amusing in, in a very gallows kind of way. Like I, I can't believe we have to be told what to watch or, or listen to or what cartoons we can see by another government, but let alone our government and but, their hackers and, or and everything. Right. So, and, and now, um, you know, North Korea denies. Right. Uh, and and so the, for me, the story, when people ask me, you know, what do you think about the interview? I say the real interesting thing here isn't that a couple, you know, goofy guys made a movie that's kind of half serious and probably, they would say there's, you know, in comedy, there's an avenue of seriousness anyway, but they, they didn't take it too seriously. They just thought it was a really goofy idea and they ran with it. Okay. But for me, the real interesting story there is everything behind it. Like how, like as entertainment, and we're doing this for entertainment purposes, like what's the currency in, in somebody saying like, no, you can't see this film. Right. Because it, it, you know, it depicts our country bad. Like there's a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes that is more interesting to me than the film I'm positive we're going to see at some point. If I'm Sony, I think the thing to do might be right now is to just not put the pressure on a movie theater or, you know, movie theaters, put it up for sale and and let people buy the hell out of the DVD right now when it's at its apex of interest and you can watch it in the comfort of your own home. No one's going to issue you a fatwa with, you know, the mailman bringing you, you something. never know, man. That's they're, Mark Eastman uh, they're gonna at ruscreening.com. No. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, that's the way yeah. to handle it right now. Put it on your website and sell the hell out of it right. and roll in from... And, and don't make it crazy. Just, don't do $50. Put it on YouTube. Just do it. I was just actually put waiting. Put the whole movie on YouTube I and, wondered, and have the little ads. Yeah, right. And, and everyone just watches it for free and you I make wondered, money. It's better than not making any money. Anything. Because right? at this point, you're going to reach a downward descent on this where the interest is faded. And then, you know, theaters are going to carry it not at all anyway because they're still afraid of it. And you've well, lost everywhere. Right. And, you know, the crazy thing about it is uh, who was really going to see that movie in the first place? We probably now were. Every, well, I know we were. But I know your average, yeah. Uh, now everyone has to see it. And uh, yeah. there were going to be right. People go see that movie just like people went to see The Neighbors. But yeah. uh, but you know how many people saw The Neighbors <laughs> in the big picture of right. things? I mean, how many, many people were really going to see this? And yeah. now all you've done really is made it so that everyone is going right. to have to see it eventually. Now everyone's going to watch it. I wondered. Even if yeah. even if they have no interest in it right. whatsoever. Sure. And I think it was funny. There were there were several different people that I saw on like uh, late night talk shows or on yeah. various interview things. There were like uh, several different people, because I, I don't want to like attribute this to the wrong person. I, I saw more than one person say this that uh, you know what what Hollywood in general should do is just have him die in every movie that right. comes out for like the next ten years. Yeah, 
Like everything that happens as the credits roll, somebody shoots him in the head. I'm like, you know, uh, what are you going to do about that? (laughs) Well, I wondered just as the last thought I had on it, you know, when people have been talking about it, you know, I wondered, would it show up on pirate sites, on torrent sites or on, on a site, like you said, like Vimeo or YouTube, where they just throw it out there. Would that happen first or would the other, you know, the most famous hacker group in my mind, which is Anonymous, would Anonymous start getting involved? Right. And, now and they, it looks now like Anonymous is involved. They, and I just they claim that there's a, there's a famous be. meme, you know, kicking around where it's like Michael Jackson and Thriller where he's just eating the popcorn. And he's like, I'm just here to watch what happens. It's like, that's kind of where I'm at now. Right. I, I'm interested in the film only in the same passing interest I was, you know, with their other projects. I'm not super Rogan or right, James right. Franco fans, you know, as it is, but the controversy is, I don't even, I'm not even curious for that because I watched Team America World Police before. I know, you know, right. what they're going to do and what, you know, infuriatingly it is to them. But, but now I'm just kind of curious to see what happens behind like the real lines. Right. But yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know. It's too bad you didn't get it. Uh, and I actually I thought it would be interesting if there were screeners sent out for it and if uh, and, we could get on then, the line right now would, and, and be like, what would happen with that? Yeah. Right? Anyway, okay, so, so uh, we we better jump into movies, I yeah. guess, here. Um, we so, got a lot. So now we've got uh, what we haven't seen. I guess um, let's go uh, Birdman, just because I think that came out uh, most recently, right? Well, I don't know. Big Eyes is already out. We could do that. Yeah. And uh, Theory of Everything and American Sniper, that actually comes out. I think that's, that's Christmas, Christmas Day. too. Yeah. Um, okay, so Birdman. Yeah. So, uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Edward Norton and, and Naomi yeah, Watts ev- and everybody else. Zach Galifianakis. Everybody pops in for a few minutes. It's it's funny this movie. So uh, we'll just throw out the ratings. I am. There are parts of this. You know, this is a weird movie to rate just because it I is. want I want to just appreciate it so much. Yeah. That I want to just applaud the effort more and yeah. give it a higher rating. At the end, though, there were things that I didn't love about it, but I think that I'm uh, pretty solidly at like eight and a half. Yeah, I, I appreciated the hell out of it. I, yeah. I thought it was a nine. I just, yeah. From the and and for anyone who sees it, part of the trick is when you're watching this film, you you can't take your eyes off it for a number of different reasons. But purposefully, it's done in the way of Hitchcock's film, you know, Rope, where it's supposed to be one or two long shots. Right, there's it's beautiful. I, I think there it's are so much fun to watch. It, it's weird because you can talk about this and people don't understand. Right, right. Unless you're like a student of film, but there are, I think, four cuts. There are in this movie. There's, I noticed three and, definite, and I know and, I missed. And it's fairly clear where they are and everything. Yeah. And if you're not paying that much attention to every second, right, you, it won't matter. You You'll could see just them. write those right. off too, and it's almost like it's just one shot, right. right? But it's really interesting to watch this. Um, It's not even just rope, but there's also, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was uh, really big with trying to push this. Yeah. um, Where uh, I can't I can't remember the name of the movie, but he's got the other movie that starts with like about a six or seven minute one long thing where it's like the bomb in the car. Yeah. I I can't I'm blanking on the movie right now. But, you know, it's so weird to watch this movie for your average person. I got to think there are going to be a lot of people who hate this movie. Maybe for that. Because you are – we're at this point in 
the way movies happen now, we are so used to uh, watching things for like 10 seconds at most and not realizing it. Yeah. You know, you don't really pay attention to the fact that, you know, when actors have to memorize their lines, they have to memorize like two lines. Right. And then because it's another shot, it might be a different day. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. And they're like, all out of order and things are right, so chaotic. I mean, it's um, all the jumping around. And and it's just what everyone's used to at this point. So you don't even really notice it at all. It just seems totally normal mm-hmm. that there's all these cuts. And how long is a scene really? Yeah. And if you're not paying attention to it, like, uh, you know, real serious film fans or whatever, but you're just watching a movie. And then all of a sudden you start playing this movie. Yeah. And I think it's about like... 35 minutes before the first cut. It's like all one shot I'm for this, like a half an hour at least. This is this is how geeky, not to cut you off, but this is how geeky I am when I'm watching it. It was it was 50 to 54 minutes. It was almost a full hour because I, I became aware of it. And then I just kept thinking, you know, and what we're talking about is instead of someone leaving a room and then you fade to like something else and you see somebody else, the camera follows the character's constantly over their shoulder around the room right and when the scene needs to go from michael keaton to say naomi watts or to zach galifianakis or someone else or the crowd it just goes over his shoulder and follows like a, a stage hand right. and you follow right. him down a long hall and then it goes over his shoulder and you just it's a constant fluid activity and, and, and then and then it's beautiful. like and then you'll see a part where uh let's just as an example like michael keaton and edward norton are talking to each other yeah and then Edward Norton goes and does something, and we're just watching Michael Keaton. And Edward Norton like leaves, and like in real time has to like change go his do clothes these things, or right, do yeah. whatever it is, so yeah. that way later when yeah. we go back to him, he's there. It, yeah, it's insane. It's, it was. It's it like was a, a, It's like really doing a play. It is, and it is, and it's really more interesting because it's not just constantly turning around a table and watching two people talk, like their right. movements. It's almost like when you see. I was trying to explain it and to someone the, and yesterday. And then completely insane special effects stuff is really fun, happens. sprinkled in around and it. You're like, how do you it, get that to work? Right? It's really like most people seem to know it more popularly when a show like ER does a live episode, right? And that's what it is. It's when your favorite TV show does a real live thing as a sweeps kind of thing for the ratings right. and it's just like that but and in it, this instance it's and it's weird to watch <clears throat> it's very and, strange and, it, and you realize how much you're used to normal storytelling and right. then when it happens and it's done well like this it's just exciting it's a fun change of pace right. and it's just all the better because the story's good the characters are good the acting is great like right. it's got a, it's got a really fun delivery of systems going on right so and the story is um, in, awesome. ca- in case anybody doesn't know yeah the story is really awesome and here's uh, before I even jump into that, the one problem that I that really kind of brought me down a bit in this is that it was a little bit too Michael Keaton's character focused, which seems like it doesn't make sense because that's the whole point. This. Yeah, but we have these other people. Like there are um, a couple of pretty long scenes where we've got Edward Norton and. Um, What's her name? Uh, <laughs> I've got the thing right here, too, and I can't remember her Gwen name. Gwen Stacy. Uh, no, Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so there are a couple of scenes where they're out on the roof. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, those scenes really dragged. Yeah. And I thought, you know, this is just like Michael Keaton's getting like a back rub now <laughs> because he needs <laughs> yeah, like the he break, needs a break or whatever, right? Right. 
And we had those characters, but it's almost like we kind of didn't really have those characters. And so then I was like, okay, either have them or don't. Yeah. But now it's like we're trying to do both. And so there were some parts that kind of like pulled me out of it there where we weren't really – we could have been moving into something more interesting yeah. instead of kind of – trying to milk those two characters for some screen time yeah. and stuff. Anyway, I mean, it's not even like a, a huge, huge deal. But anyway, uh, Michael Keaton is an aging actor. who He's basically uh, Robert Downey Jr. like 25 years from now. Yeah. He was like really famous for playing Birdman, right? And uh, apparently more famous than anyone ever has really been <laughs> yeah. playing a comic book character. Right. Um, because he was like super famous and, and not only that, but he was really famous. Like, uh, you know, 25 years from now when Robert Downey Jr. Walks down the street, everyone's going to go Robert Downey Jr. But they're not going to go Iron Man. Right. You know, I mean, he was like just Birdman, Yeah. And was just insanely famous for it. And then, uh, got to where they, I guess we're going to make the fourth movie or something. And he said, no, the hell with this. I want to do something else. And I want to really act. Right. And then obviously as really happens in Hollywood, nobody wanted him to do anything else. Right. (laughs) No, no, they only wanted him as Birdman. Right. So, uh, so, so yeah, so now it's he's at this point where he's put together this goofy play that's uh, apparently based on some like really highbrow novel that he did the adaptation himself, and he's wants this thing to be this huge play on Broadway, and he's trying to get certain people uh, into it and everything, and yeah. and kind of very last minute Edward Norton shows up. Yeah, and it's funny because they throw out all these real names for right. like who they should get. Tons of real people, right? And, and they're like, we should get that guy. We should get that guy. And they're saying real actors. He's like names. Woody Harrelson. He's like, he's and, in Hunger and, Games, man. Right. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's uh, you know, they make up some fake name, and it's Edward Norton. Right. And you're like, it seems like there's like a step there. That yeah. That didn't have to happen. Uh, couldn't uh, couldn't, couldn't it be, be Ed, Edward Norton? Right. right. Except that Edward Norton plays a really crazy guy, and so right. maybe he doesn't want that to be the real him. Anyway, um, but he seems perfect mm-hmm. until they actually do it. Do the like preview Those were awesome show, scenes. and then he goes berserk, <laughs> and it's awesome. And what's awesome is that it's all happening like really right now. Yeah. Like they're they're doing the part of the scene where Michael Keaton's not out there, so we see him wandering around behind the scenes, and he's got like a stagehand person's like, I think he's drinking real gin. He's <laughs> yeah. out there right now, and and Michael Keaton like looks out there, what? Right. And you get to see it like happen like right now, it's yeah. Live, it's happening as soon when he finds out, and then he and then he goes out there, and then we see him like, you know, sniff the bottle, right? And see if it's yeah. Really gin and he's really drunk and everything but anyway so so the the point basically being that uh he's trying to get this thing off the ground and it's got you know everything is going wrong with it and then this is kind of his last shot right like if this doesn't work then you know he's just this guy that nobody knows for anything except birdman from forever ago which there's a little bit of a weird thing where everybody knows who he is, but nobody knows who he is. Like everybody right. still knows Birdman. Right. Like, somehow Birdman has stood the test of time. <laughs> yeah. And and it's still fresh in everyone's mind, and they know who he is and everything. 
But then also built into this, we have the superpowers because right. he's either crazy or magical or both or whatever it is. But, you know, Birdman talks to him. Right. And tells him to do stuff. And then he's like moving things with his mind all the time. And the movie starts out where he's it levitating. Awesome. He's just sitting there in a yoga pose levitating. And you're not sure what's going on at that point. Which it it was a, a cool opening because you're going, wait, what is going on? Right. And then, but it doesn't mention it really. No. It just goes, see, there it he just, is. And I love it. And then he just gets up right. and goes, do to do I'm going about my day. I love it because that, it, I mean, there's a couple little scenes like of a rocket going through the sky and jellyfish and things, and then it just right, cuts right. and he's there. And it, 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 no apologies, and it doesn't apologize for any other instance in the rest of the film. When it does it, it just says, this is the world. Now right. sit down. Like, right. this is it. Get ready. And, and you see Birdman walking behind him sometimes, yeah. talking to him, going, dude, just do yeah. another Birdman movie. Right, and, yeah. And he's got this big Birdman poster that he, you know, has conversations with sometimes. Yeah. And, but he does all this stuff also where he just will, like, move stuff with his mind. Right. And he'll just look at something. And, and it's a weird, like, he's now frustrated enough with the world. Kind of it manifests itself into yeah. all of a sudden he's just making stuff happen with his mind. And then he flies around. And, right. and it sounds completely crazy. Right. And yet somehow it's, it's actually really normal. Yeah. And, it, and it's very and weird it's, that that can happen. But, you know, the thing that's so weirdly impressive, and it shouldn't really be that impressive, probably, is that there's some of this stuff happens with, like, special effects where, like, stuff blows, like, these uh, light bulbs blow, right. and and then stuff flies around in, like, weird ways. And it's crazy special effects things, and you're like, what if that goes wrong? Yeah. I mean, it's like... It, you know, what if somebody forgets right. their line? Right. I mean, now we have to start completely over from yeah. like 30 minutes ago yeah. and and reshoot the whole thing. It's insane. They had to, it, some of those scenes where they're very talky, like almost like an Aaron Sorkin play. You know, it seems like there's 15 or 20 pages of dialogue. And, and it's not just that they're sitting and talking. They're walking. They're hitting yeah. marks. They're moving. Right. right. The environment and is in, in effect around them. People are coming and going it's and almost like It's almost really like watching orbital things passing each other, you know, because people are squeezing through each other because this is supposed to be happening. We're supposed to just be like part of the, the stage, like right. seeing everything go on. I haven't seen something that kind of creative, and this is much better than the Jean-Claude Van Damme film from a few years ago, but JCVD, right. where he basically played himself older and different. And and anybody who knows, you know, Birdman is supposed to be. And I heard it every time they said Birdman, you know, it was just Batman, because right, obviously right. Michael Keaton was Batman. And right. it's just funny to see these things happen and to, and to watch Michael Keaton, who I haven't seen. He reminds me a bit like Kevin Costner. You know, we see him show up in a few uh, films the last year and a half, and it's really good to see him acting again. I missed Michael Keaton, and I didn't realize how much until I saw him in this. Right. And, and he's not going through the motions. He seems like he's really alive, like really fired up. And and watching him play off Edward Norton, who's supposed to be playing a version of Edward Norton. Who's supposed to you be. Know, the, char he's, the character he's playing also is like, you know, he's the it man right now. Like, he right. is a really popular actor right yeah. now. And so, obviously, Michael Keaton's got that to deal with, too. Yeah. That it's like, now he's going to come in and how... At first, he's like, he's awesome. He's, right. he's perfect. That scene where they figure it out. And then, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, wait, but he's more popular, and he'll just steal it he's gonna take out it from all. under yeah. me and everything. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and it's it's one of those films, like you said, it's probably not 
the, the things that make it awesome might actually repel people in a way. And it's not just the fancy camera work. It's the story. It's it's not a typical Hollywood story, right. this it's kind of thing. It's not going to be for everyone. There's no swelling music with the love story angle that you think you're going to get. Like, it's not a very patented kind of thing. But, man, it's fun. It was it really, really a breath of fresh air, and it was very fun, and it was very exciting. And I watched it. I watched it not knowing a moment of what was going to happen next. Right. And it reminded me of the film, you know, we talked about last, which was Inherent Vice. Like, I kind of thought you might come in a little against it the same way, because for me, I like this film for the same reasons I like Inherent Vice. I like the characters. I had no clue what was happening next. You know, it was kind of a really strange trip, and I just enjoyed watching it come out in front of me. Yeah, so, I I can't put those together. Into I can. Uh, I did anyway. The same group. That was that was a, that was a great time. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was so fun and crazy. And you know, the other thing is, it's like um, go see it in the theaters. It there's it there's something about this movie that I want to tell people that you have to see it in theaters. At the same time, there's no real reason for that, I guess. No. There's nothing like, yeah. you know, look how cool it looks on right. the big screen or anything like that. But, you know, you don't – this is not a movie that you want to watch on DVD and then, you know, stuff's happening all around right. you and then you pause for a while while you, you know go weird? do this or that. I mean, you have to you gotta watch it and watch it. And I it's mean, not that that long. I mean, it's a two-hour film. But, right. you know, there's, the only thing about it that I really wish I knew – is because there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of talking over each other. There's a lot of really interesting dialogue. I'm one of these people that watches a film to the end. And at the very end, there's something said in Spanish, like right after the credits. I don't, oh, I don't know what yeah. that is. And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I didn't have any way of finding right, out. Right. Like, I really yeah, wish I, I knew. I'm sure the internet will tell me if I say what was said at the end of right, Birdman. Right. But there's something said at the end. It's like a throwaway sentence. And it might just be the the movie starts with a quote in the beginning. Maybe it's that. I, I don't know. But I'm, I was kind of curious because I, I felt like I almost watched the whole thing. I did watch the whole thing. Right. But I feel like I didn't get the whole thing because I don't know what the heck they said. So Yeah. Anyway, so uh, definitely. That's a real fun definitely time. Definitely go catch this one. But I feel like, you know, your average person has to at least know what they're yeah. getting getting into yeah. when they walk in. Otherwise, right. you're going to have a lot of people going, what the hell yeah. am I watching? Right. And it's funny because there is even with, you know, the whole thing we're talking about, how it's like huge, long shots and everything. There is something so weird about when this movie starts and it's the one like huge long shot that never ends. Yeah. There's something so weird about that that when you first start watching it, it's almost like you feel like this is not really the movie yet. Yeah. Like right. this is just something yeah. and then the movie's about will start in a couple minutes yeah. or something. This is just some weird thing we're doing right now. And right. then you're a few minutes into it and you go, Okay, well it's still not stopping, so I guess <laughs> yeah. this is it. It's just it's so weird and it's so it's so cool how it's exactly how Alfred Hitchcock did it where it's like I'm doing it I'm doing this part of this movie in this way because this will make you feel a certain way right and you it, know yeah absolutely if you, it's purposeful if you if you watch this part of this story happen in this way where it's all this one shot you know it's it's unnerving to yeah. watch yeah. to some degree yeah. And and that's the purpose behind doing it. It's not just yeah. like um, Look we I don't do. know. We couldn't find an editor, so, right. <laughs> so <laughs> just we just link them. So we just have to yeah. do it all in one shot. I don't know. Anyway, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I think uh, let's let's do big eyes. Okay. Um, 
and and we'll uh, write Birdman off, I guess. We yeah. gotta hopefully get two more movies in here. Yeah, I think we can do that. Um, so big guys, uh, I have to give this one nine. Wow, because I just thought it was awesome. Wow, <laughs> and you know what was really cool to me about this movie was uh, it was it was a lot like Big Fish in a way. Yeah. Um, which it would be, it's weird because the word big is just Tim Burton. It's a new thing. Uh, I don't know. That's his tell for this is not a completely trippy, crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever his, his normal movies yeah. are that he usually makes. Anyway, it was like, um, you know, in big fish, there's like a lot of like fantastic stuff happens kind of, I yeah. mean, it's not like a, this is like a really straight story. Yeah, for him. And, right. right. Even way more than Big Fish, which is not exactly a straight story, but it's also not uh, really weirdly fantastical like most of his stuff. Right. But like in Big Fish, even though it's like a weird story and it's kind of, uh, I guess it's like fantastical a little bit, there's something about the way that Tim Burton can film normal stuff happening. And yet make it almost like he's lying to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean. I, I, mean, I agree. And in this movie, it was so weird because I'm watching this movie and half the time I was like, none of this happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And yet it did. But um, I, I think most of it is uh, Amy Adams was better than she's ever been, I think, by like a mile. And it's not like she's horrible anyway. And Christoph Waltz was really good. And I don't know, man. I was like sucked into you were the movie. In. That's in, like, cool. in like the weirdest way. Yeah. It was it was bizarre, but I thought I thought it was really good. It, for me, at six and a half, and the reason that I'm only at six and a half is is partially because of the way the story opened up for me. I agree. I think Amy Adams, and if you look at Amy Adams in this film and you happen to watch, you know, her with um uh, in last year's uh, not American Splendor, blanking on it. That's really that's really funny now. With um, anyway, dude, don't ask me. I, I won't ask you. I'll get it. But if you watch her in her last two or three roles, um, she's nowhere near this character. Like this character is absolutely brand new, unique, and she commits to it wholly, and she's believable. And I I really liked Christoph Waltz in this too. But I'm I'm not surprised at that. Like this guy's really no, energetic not, and, and he's fun not to watch. Surprising. He's really good, but she was surprising. I you, you were surprised to me. A bit I by was her thing. Completely surprised. American by her Hustle because, is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah, when, yeah. When, I mean, like the character she plays in American Hustle is absolutely nowhere near this person, and yeah. and that that's a level of her talent to be able to create these new characters. For me, though. In the in the best part of the films is when um, is when the the sort of deceit behind the husbands taking credit for the art kind of we start seeing that play off and their relationship play off. That's the most interesting stuff. But I felt like instead of watching a major motion picture, I was watching an ABC Family show. It felt so watered down to me. It felt so boring really? in places wow. to me. With with the exception of the scenes that they were carrying. In this regard, I'm trying to say, I guess, that the performances were very strong, but the story was not. And maybe this is because I know the story. This might be one of these things where it's like American Sniper, where this is based on the true story, and I know all about it. And I didn't right, find it like very... Right, or Foxcatcher. Or, or Foxcatcher. Yeah. Foxcatcher is a great example. When we get to talk about that, like, this is one of those times where 
and I had a line for Foxcatcher that I don't mind throwing on this because it made me feel the same way. The performances are great. Tim Burton doesn't do a bad job at it. This is almost one of those movies for me like Foxcatcher where you can do everything right and still not have a hit. Right. Like because everything is really great. All the components are there. Everything's perfect. It just doesn't work for me. And and it didn't work for me partially because of not just the pacing because it still moves along at a good pace. It just was really boring in a lot of ways to me. But that is not to say that the performances were bad because they absolutely were not. I didn't think it was boring at all. I I I got really sucked into it. But this is a movie where, and I think that, I think the difference between us uh, is really good here because I think it shows off uh, exactly what this movie is because I think this is really that movie. I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff. Um, There's a lot of stuff that you get in this that you don't even know you're getting which I think is cool too in a way. Like, you know, when they when you finally get to the end. So this is obviously um uh Walter Keane right and his wife and the whole story about how she actually painted everything. Yeah. And uh he took the credit for it and uh he, uh, he you know, he never really painted anything. They meet when he's paint he's selling his paintings and she's selling her right. paintings. And uh and, you know, they kind of just, you know, throw themselves at each other in a way. And then yeah. the next thing you know, um, she has, you know, the big eyes paintings where that's just her gig. Yeah. And he takes credit for it. He gets this like restaurant bar place to sell their paintings. And it's just kind of there's like this weird, like. I don't know, snowball effect of random lucky things that happen where people like the paintings or whatever, and he takes credit (laughs) for it. And then it just explodes everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether he takes credit for it or, or doesn't take credit for it, um, we might've had the same thing happen if he had not taken credit for it. But the like, business ideas where he makes a lot of the money out of it yeah. were legitimately like his his ideas his babies yeah. and like selling the posters and uh, selling print after print right. and this was really like the beginning of uh, that like kind of commercialism kind of invented that, you yeah. know selling prints of yeah. paintings and and crap and made tons of money which it's funny because it's so long ago that it, you know at the end it's like 17 million dollars and you're like ah 17 million right. but like back then, back then it was 17 right. million well this is like right? the 60s so the early 60s right uh by the by the time we get to like the lawsuit and the whole yeah. shebang but you know what's funny is uh like I was going to say there's things that you get that you don't realize you're getting like when they have the trial and he doesn't have a lawyer right and you see like uh he asks himself a question and then he runs back and, yeah. and then he runs and sits in the chair, which you've seen like a million times in right. a million shows. But he actually invented that. Yeah. Like he really did that in real life. And that's where they got that that's, from yeah. to put it in all the things that you've seen forever. Goofy people right. doing it forever. And because he's really nuts. He really was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's really, really crazy. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's cool about having this movie come out, too, is that now you can see all sorts of uh, his actual, like, appearances on shows and stuff. 
I don't know. I I was really kind of roped. I think it was. Uh, I think I have to give even more credit to Amy Adams than to Christoph Waltz. But this is a movie that is kind of like. It's a very weird movie because it's really just them, and for me anyway, to a certain extent, it, it's really just about them and the conversations they have with yeah. each other, and her reactions to what happens and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, there's a certain extent to where this is a movie that's sort of like sleuth, but where uh, some people are going to love it and and think it's awesome. And some people are just going to go, what the hell? Or, you know, like uh, my dinner with Andre or something. Right. I mean, it's like, it's going to work for some people and a lot of other people are going to go, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to take a thing away from her. Her job is hard, you know, anyway, to create this character who's based on a real person and, you know, and it's effective for me. He, he's the more, he's the more difficult one because he not only has to, at least for the audience, I don't know how the real Walter Keene was, but for the audience, I felt like I was constantly supposed to, and effectively treading like being really irritated and disgusted with him but still kind of like forgiving him and liking him like he's got to play both angles and he's the guy to do it right like, he's he, so he good at this to, he has to be um it's not even exactly likable i guess but he's just got to be like you know one side you know he, he can't just be like evil it's something. fun no right he he's has, not mustache turning he, he's opportunistic have, and he realizes be, he has to be somebody that you can kind of at least want to keep watching right, him. You know? right. He's got the golden goose in right. the tower and he literally has her at one point, like in the attic, right, like sequestered right. away doing the paintings and coming in and checking on her and, and basically just taking what she's done. And then like realizing like, Oh wait, I'm actually supposed to be your husband. Are you okay? Do you need some tea? Right. Can you paint faster? Like these <laughs> right. kind of things. It, it was just really great to see that. I just wish the story had been, and this might be my bias. Like I said, I, I know the story. Right. I know it left and right backward and forward for all the copyright stuff that I had to study a while ago. So sure. I was, I was just kind of flat on that. And I found that it was flat on flat on itself for me but right well i mean it can only do so much and right. it's sort of like um like you said it's like fox catcher um yeah. if a lot of people love that movie yeah. and it, it at some point it comes down to it if you just have no interest in that story it right. doesn't matter what movie they make it doesn't uh, yeah you know it can't it, it can it, only hold you for so long so. right it, it's yeah. not gonna do anything for you and you know, I don't know though. I gotta say, I that's cool. You had as much fun with it. Though. I I loved the Tim Burtonness of this movie too. It's there, it's, and it's so not Tim Burton. You know, like nobody's going to see this movie, and you know, if you didn't know already, you would watch it and go, oh yeah, that was Tim Burton. Yeah, I mean, it's and yet and it it kind of it is, still is. In, you in can definitely way. see weird. It, the other thing, because we only talk about this stuff every once in a while, is that at an hour and 45 minutes, you know, there's like eight minutes of that, which is credits. The film felt like two hours and 20 minutes to me. And that also was the story. Like it just felt like it was going on in ways it didn't it didn't have to. But yeah, I think that was a big I thing for there, me, too. I think there's a part in um, not exactly in the middle, um, but a little bit after the middle where there's like 25 minutes of the movie that could have been like five or 10. I agree where they're, uh, they're having fun making it. They're trying to, they're trying to really push where she is and how she got there and why she's trapped there and why she still stays there. 
And for me, what what I think happens is, uh, I, you know, they it could have been the same length, yeah, and had more of that time after she leaves him, yeah, and it and it would have actually ended up being more interesting for me because it's like, you know, there comes a point where she finds out that he never really painted anything, right, which is really cool. That was a great scene. Um, and then she leaves and she goes to Hawaii, and then and then we have this thing where. Um, he finally calls her and says, "Okay, if you want a divorce, then paint me another hundred paintings or whatever." Like he's yeah. got this like, and you're just going no, and she starts doing it. Yeah, she's like, "Is that all? Is that?" And he's and, like, "No." And and you're going, "Wait a minute, I know." And then and then she says, "Okay, well, if that's what it takes, I'll do that." And he right. goes, "Ah, oh, you can see him just going. I should ask for more." Yeah, right. Yeah, because look how easily, look how easily she, she did that. Said that. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people are going to find it very interesting and yeah. uh, I, I don't know, kind of get into it. It's 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 one of those things, too, where it's almost sort of not about the story. It's just about watching them. I agree. I had more act. fun watching and, and them. If you can uh, if you can let that be the most interesting thing to you, then you'll have, have a blast. You'll have a better time. Yeah. Right. Um. But man, I I don't know. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay, um, we can do American Sniper or Theory of Everything, um, or both. But we there's no way we have time to do both. I think we should do American Sniper because that's coming out. That'll be her. Yeah, that's a few um, days away. Okay, so for me on this one, I'm like in one of those places where uh, I always you know I want to rate it higher than I can or lower than I can or whatever. I can only give this a seven. Yeah. But I feel like I kind of want to give it a little more. Yeah. Except there are so many things that I don't like about it. Yeah. That push me against the things that I do like about it. Um, I loved all the acting in it. Even when I hated what they were saying. Yeah. Which is like a really weird place in a movie. But again, this is, you know, like... you were saying about uh box catcher or big eyes or whatever. Yeah. This is a, like, if you don't care about this story, first of all, I'm with you. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but second of all, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to like it. And the, the thing that's weird about this, I think is that when you're going into this movie and you watch the trailer and all the trailers and clips will not tell you very much about the movie. Right. There's the one trailer that you've seen like a million times where it's like, do I shoot that kid right. or not or whatever? That's like all they want to tell you about the movie for a long time. Yeah. And uh, and then after that, you know, you just have to piece together the idea that this is actual guys' memoirs that we turn into a movie. And where is that going to take me? Yeah. And what are we going to talk about? And if you're not interested in that story, you're really not going to get anything out of this movie. If you're not interested in big eyes, I think you'd still get something out of watching the movie. If you're not interested in the Foxcatcher story, and, you know, first of all, uh, I'm right with you there, too. You're admittedly on that. Right. Uh, There's still a lot of cool stuff to watch in that movie. Yeah. This one... I'm not so sure. Yeah. If you're really not interested in the story of a guy who's a sniper right. and all the hilarity that ensues from that, yeah. Right, yeah. then man, this is going to be rough, I think. Yeah. Especially because 
there's so much of this movie that is, you know, a lot of talking to people. I mean, for me, I don't know. I don't know what, how you felt about the movie, but for me, there was a lot of this movie that was just like talking to people about crap that I didn't care that he was talking yeah. to about. And not only that, but it was like there was something about watching this movie where it, the fact that it was a real story kept making me go, really? You know, it's like if you're watching Big Eyes and you're uh, and, and like the dialogue between them, you're kind of going, no one would ever say that. Yeah. Then that's a different thing, a, right? Yeah. That makes for a different experience right. of watching that movie when you know that it's supposed to be stuff that really happened. Right. And I I had a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. And yet there was a lot that I liked about it too. I mean, uh, Bradley Cooper is really, really, <clears throat> excuse me, he's really, really great in this, and he, he carries was. he carries the weight of his responsibility in the film, you know, not only because this is a Clint Eastwood Christmas day film and it's about an American military when things are very high on American right. military, but it's based on a real guy. Chris Kyle was the most deadly and right. accurate sharpshooter the United States has ever had apparently. And he was, you know, if anybody doesn't know, he died a couple of years ago or just recently, maybe even just a year ago uh, under right. real unfortunate circumstances mm -hmm. that were like down the street from his house. Right. So it's like this tragedy thing built in, and you put somebody like Clint Eastwood at the director's chair for this, and you have talent in there, this sounds like it's going to be amazing. And I'm with you. I was basically pushing at seven. Right. Because the things that didn't work when it felt like, not like propaganda, but it felt as strangely pandering as it could be to information I didn't really care that wasn't moving the story forward. Like, right. And it's billing itself. Basically, what you see in the trailers, or most of the trailers that I've seen, are really the first four or five minutes of the movie. Like, it really, that thing you see, that's how the film starts. It's not like some and, middle of the and film. And not only that, but it's like, it makes you think that you're in for, like, an action movie. Right. And there's going to be, like, a not bunch kind, of action. Right. And right? it doesn't have to be, you know, if, if we talk about the real life of Chris Kyle, the deadliest sharpshooter America has ever produced, and he's overdoing four or five tours, you know, in Afghanistan and, and what have you. That seems like it's going to be like Commando all over again. You know, Schwarzenegger is going to strap up and just blow everybody away. There's really interesting moments. Except that snipers don't really have They don't really have action. to do that, right? right. Well, <laughs> and that's part of the thing, too. Like, in order for the film to work, one of the things I thought it didn't do well was it had to create, like, an antagonist. Like, it had to make this other sniper that they had, had to, to deal do with. Something, yeah. And because it's not just enough. Um, that Chris is kind of his own antagonist. Like the real story of the guy, you know, he's he's a real patriot. He was a real great guy, but he just wanted to do more than they wanted him to do. So he was constantly kind of getting in his own way. Like some of the stuff that they did, uh, he's, he's supposed to be a sniper in, in one point of the movie and he's like got nothing to do and he gets down on the ground and goes in and clears buildings with people. And right, they don't right. want him doing that because right. he's better on top of a building, but he can't do anything up there. So he's frustrated. Like that's that's kind of the interesting angle I wish they had done more of instead of making up this guy who I've got to shoot 250,000 yards away in high wind. I mean, right. in, in essence, it really was an interesting premise for me. And I was pretty excited because I like Clint Eastwood, but he's put a couple – Bad marks up he, he back to has, back. Like he's having a little bit of. He's had a rough like five years for me because you everything from Gran Torino down, right? I w uh, you know Gran Torino I liked pretty well, but you got like Invictus. I really kind of couldn't stand. It was like it, it was cheesy in exactly the same way as this movie in a lot of places for me. Yeah, 
But there was a lot of this movie, and like I said, there's you know we do this all the time, but there was a lot I liked about the movie too. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that Clint Eastwood's really the guy who I wanted to direct this movie. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to see somebody else grab the reins of this yeah. and and have some other kind of uh, focus going yeah. on. But if if Dominic Cooper wasn't in this movie, we would really right. have problems yeah, right. too. We'd right. probably be at like a three a lot. or something yeah. if it, because he was so good. He really was. And not only was he good, I mean, he was he was good in a way that, um, you know, like you like lose track of him yeah. in the movie. In, it, yeah. You, well, you, you like start going, he's really him. Right. I mean, right. he was he's really, really crazy good. There's, there's a point where, I, I mean, this is very fast, but I remember years ago and it's one that we've talked about before on the show and just talking, like I remember when Friday night lights came out and everyone was talking about how derivative it was. And right. they don't know that yeah. that's the original story that all these great su- successful sports films and, and TV shows have followed. So what the original story is, seems like it's copying something and not very well. This film at times, like, so we've got the, the, you know, the family man now he gets married and she has to live without him around all the time and worry all the time. And now there's a baby and he's never really here. He only wants to go back to war. All these tropes and, and patterns of films that have come before it make this one seem not very interesting. It seems like kind of right. blah, like you're copying and, things. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff too that's, you know, like you're saying, it's trying to be like every soldier. Every movie, single one. With all the heartfelt guy, things. Instead right. of his story. And and his story may very well have been that story. But if it is, like what you say, you got to tell it to me differently because right. it's not working. And it's, in in a lot of ways, you know, like Eastwood's film from, you know, a couple of years ago, J. Edgar. Like, I like Clint Eastwood. I like Leonardo DiCaprio. I think the story's interesting. It just didn't work because there were too many misplaced segments and not enough interest in what was working. It just, maybe the problem is Clint Eastwood is Clint Eastwood and he needs a better editor or someone to say, this well, isn't right, working well for you, right. but at, he can always just at say, at this point he just does whatever I can do whatever I want. Right. Exactly. And I think too, that, you know, there's something weird about the movies that he's making, especially over like the last mm-hmm. five, six, seven years, yeah. whatever it is, where, you know, it's like he gets something in his craw, yeah. and then it's like you know he's too close to everything. Yeah, he he falls for a story or something, and it's like he likes it too much. Yeah, and then every story too, I feel like even in uh, Grand Torino, which I liked that one, like I said, but that still has similar problems to it, and like Invictus, where it's like. He he falls too far in love with the story. Yeah. So he's I don't think he's he's making them with the same kind of like I guess honesty in general. Yeah, I don't know. And Whatever. Then, and then also he tries to make every story every story. Right. You know, like this is every this part is of every story. Yeah, I agree. You know, Grand Torino is like every <laughs> yeah. Every person who has to deal yeah. with, you know, whatever. It's like now Gran Torino, you know, all of a sudden is just like the story of America. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. And, the melting pot. Yeah. And 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 this has the same thing. It's just like if you don't love war movies, right. you're really in the wrong movie here because this is supposed to be every soldier, every yeah. war, every you – know, Every person who every person who's married to anyone who's right who's know, going whatever. off to war. The, seven is seven is good for me. I feel comfortable in it. 
I really liked a lot of stuff that was in it, and it seems weird to be bashing on it, but it it was disappointing. Yeah, for me because I knew how good it could be, and it just didn't hit that. Right. It just didn't hit that mark for me. Right. But. All right, we're uh, we're running out of time, and uh, probably have uh, no need to go on any further with any of this without Not this start, week, starting no. another movie. But uh, when it comes to Christmas, yeah. Um, any any of these movies, Big Eyes, uh, Birdman, Into the Woods, The Imitation yeah. Game, there's almost nothing in theaters that's the interview, if really you can see going it. to be horrible. Right. Even yeah. American Sniper, if you're... No, you'll be... A, yeah. I think this is an, one of these movies, too, where if you're really interested in going to see it... Absolutely. You're probably going you're to okay. have a good time, yeah. right? If, yeah. you, uh, if you show up to the theater and don't know what any of the movies are, <laughs> right. I wouldn't pick this one. No. But anyway... Uh, we will see you next week, and I have no idea what we'll be covering. A bunch. And uh, the yeah. best list will be coming out soon, yeah. and we Happy will holidays. see you then. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.